Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. And on today's episode, I welcome Jason McIsaac, co-founder and master distiller of Sheringham Distillery, located on gorgeous Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. And today we're going to chat about how it all got started, the distillery, their philosophy on product development, and of course, their gins, and so much more. Welcome, Jason. Hi. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. I've been waiting to talk to you forever. So let's get started. Yeah. As with all episodes, we always start by sharing what we are drinking today. So Jason, you get to go first. You tell me what's in your glass. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a martini today with Kazuki Gin. And it has a splash of vermouth from Beaufort Winery on Vancouver Island. And they use our vodka in their vermouth. And it just makes such a great little martini with a little twist of lemon. Here we go. Mm-mm-mm. I will have to check out their vermouth. I've never had their vermouth. Hmm. Do they ship across the country, I wonder? I think that they might. Ooh. All right. Well, I will definitely be checking that out. I love a martini with your Kazuki gin. It's, you know, even the way with my normal vermouth, it's always very, very tasty. Yeah, great. Yeah. So today... I'm actually having a Kazuki Negroni made with your Kazuki gin, vermouth, sweet vermouth, of course, Campari in an orange slice. It's so yummy and goes really, really well with the Kazuki Negroni brownies. Yum. Up with for the cookbook. Those are addictive. I also like to make a white Negroni with the Kazuki. I use the Kazuki gin. I use the vermouth that I was just talking about, the Beaufort vermouth, and then. A white Amaro. There's one locally that is made in North Vancouver okay. from the woods. And if you can't track that one down, I mean, Luxardo makes a Bitter Bianco, which is right. excellent for white Negronis. Yes. Yeah. Mm, more to add to my list, which I love. I love. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Okay. So let's talk about you. Okay, sure. To start, right? So what drew you to distilling? Gin distilling in particular. Well, I cooked professionally for 23 years. I was a chef. So I always had a close relationship with food and drink and a real passion for it, passion for flavor, a passion for making quality, whether it was food or drinks. And I just always had this fascination with distillation. And ages ago, I built my own still. It just lit this fire inside of me that wanted to distill like years and years ago, it started. So I just did it as a hobby for a while, and then an opportunity came along, and I decided to switch careers from being a chef, a private chef at the time, Mm -hmm. and start a small distillery, kind of start careers and start all over again from scratch. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. It's (laughs) coming up in the spring. It'll be seven years. Yeah, my wife Elaine and I started it in 2015. And yeah, it's been a wild ride. A lot of crazy things have happened. <laughs> I and, can only um, imagine. <laughs> a lot of fun. 
yeah. a lot of times that are not as fun also, but yeah, just an incredible time. Awesome. So then how specifically did Sheringham Distillery come to be and like, where'd you get the name and that kind of thing? So originally our distillery where we built a distillery, it was in Shirley. It's a small, almost a hamlet. I wouldn't Mm. even call it a village on Vancouver Island. And we had a property there. We had a house and a carriage house and we converted the carriage house, the garage part of it into a distillery the area is called Shirley, like I said, but formerly it was called Sheringham. But the postmaster complained about how long the name was and wouldn't fit on the potion stamp properly. So he demanded it changed and the name was changed to Shirley. So we kind of took it back. And also Sheringham Point and Sheringham Point Lighthouse were about a kilometer, like very close proximity to where the original location of the distillery was. So we thought it would be a great name, a strong, it represents the area, kind of where we started and where we're from and the origins of Sheringham. Awesome. Well, that's a great story. Okay. So let's talk about your gin products in particular. Now okay, I sure. have sampled a few, not all of them though. So you have quite a few gin products now. We have five gin products. Yes. We started with our seaside gin, mm-hmm. which has become our flagship. We have Kazuki gin, which is the one we're tasting today. Mm-hmm. We have a London dry gin. We have two gin liqueurs. One is a rhubarb gin liqueur and the other is a lemon gin liqueur and they're lower ABV. Mm-hmm. They're made with fresh juice and then back sweetened until they're balanced. So they're a little bit tart, a little bit ginny, a little bit fruity and just all around delicious. Mm. So Elaine and I, when we first set out to make gin, at Sheringham, we were walking along French Beach, which is a beach we walked on really close in our neighborhood where the distillery was. And the sea breeze was blowing in. There was nook of roses blossoming along the path and the trees were whispering in the wind. And we're just like, how can we get this sweet sea air, the sensation, the feel of what we're experiencing right now into a gin? So we took seaweed from the ocean. A friend of ours, she's a biologist. She sustainably harvests the seaweed and brings it in and cures it. And then we get it from her. We use roses to represent, rose petals to represent the Nooka rose. We also use lavender as another aspect, citrus and juniper and coriander, of course. And we were walking along the seaside. So Elaine thought, why don't we call it Seaside Gin, which is a great idea. And the original street name where the distillery was is called Seaside Drive. Oh, that's awesome. There's a lot of seaside aspects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was your very first gin. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So now when you're making new products, not necessarily gin, but could be gin, most likely gin. Being a chef, I would take a wild guess that you would come at it from a different kind of philosophy or process than say someone who's not a chef and isn't as familiar with botanicals and herbs and spices and, you know, all the different flavor profiles. So I did approach it as a chef when we were developing Seaside Gin. I tasted a bunch of locally produced gins and a bunch of internationally produced gins. And I just kind of tasted and then I tasted them chilled and I go back to tasting them neat, tasted them with different kinds of tonics. And I'd go through and try to catalog the flavor profiles of each gin and kind of characteristics that stuck out. So just like when a chef's creating a dish or a menu, you have these flavor profiles or cataloged in your brain. So you can kind of reference them for tastes, what goes together, things that go together. So I try to do that with gins or gin botanicals, flavors, profiles, that kind of thing. So I just kind of look at a bottle and think of what it tasted like, and then use that to think about how I want to create another gin. 
and use the favorite aspects of different genes that I liked that stood out and understand other ones that I didn't like as much that weren't my taste to formulate recipes for gin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so like, for example, the Kazuki gin, which you have Kazuki peel, is that Yuzu. Oh, no, flower. It's a flower, right? <laughs> we, yuzu. We also have a green tea and green tea flower right. and cherry blossoms as well. Right. So that's a really unique blend. So there must have been some major inspiration that came about. So, that. Exactly. Exactly. I tasted some Japanese gins. A friend brought some Japanese gins straight from Japan and I tasted them. And one in particular that left an impression with me, just the use of the citrus use of the herbaceousness and some of the earthier tones it just kind of inspired me to make the kazuki gin and we thought we'd start with the cherry blossoms spring in victoria i mean the trees are lined with beautiful blossoming pink cherry trees that are these pink blossoms and they're just beautiful to look at so we thought they would be kind of a nod to the area to that aspect of victoria in the spring and then yuzu we use yuzu fruit Kind of gives it a citrus note, but it's something that was inspired from this Japanese gin. Um, the green tea and the green tea flowers, they come from a producer on Vancouver Island called West Home Tea Company. And they're the only commercial green tea producer in Canada. So we use some of their green tea and flowers to put as a botanicals in this gin. And it gives it a real herbaceous note, like a green tea note, and then a floral note and kind of a softer mouthfeel with the flowers. And I feel really grateful that we get to use a little bit of that tea in our gin. So yeah, that was kind of how the structure and the formulation for Kazuki came along. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Gin-inspired cookbook that we partnered on together. And yeah, sure. as a chef, have you ever cooked with gin previously? I have. I like to hunt for deer and I love cooking deer, venison. So I did use it in a marination for venison before and I've also used it in a sauce with a bit of juniper berries and just kind of deglaze the pan as you would like kind of a cognac or brandy. I've also made a ginionette with a small amount of vinegar, the gin and some shallots like for oysters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. And that goes together. And if you garnish it with a little bit of seaweed or the winged kelp that we use, it's a nice little touch there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Because so many people that I talk to have either never used it, never heard of it, you know, cooking with gin. And to me, it has always been such a natural thing. Gin's botanicals. What do you cook with? Herbs and spices. Just it goes so well together. So I'm really excited and happy to hear that you actually. I love cooking with gin. And sometimes I even like to put it in the food. (laughs) 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 Me too. (laughs) I totally get it. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Okay. Did you prior to COVID have online shop system set up shipping all that or did you kind of get that really ramped up like many other distilleries we did have it set up yeah we did but i mean it just kind of the sales increased online during that period yeah that's good well it's good you already had it set up because i know there's many distilleries they were just like scrambling to kind of get that set up so yeah i remember just that whole period was just kind of a scramble for everything and nobody knew what was going to happen and what to expect and we switched to making sanitizer we got licensed to make hand sanitizer at that point because there was a shortage of it right it was just a big scramble that time that period you're not still making hand sanitizer 
We are not. No, there is a lot of sanitizer that's available now. I mean, the biggest reason that we switched to making it is because of the shortage. So right. we were supplying RCMP, their hospitals, medical clinics, first responders, and just local people that needed it and right. couldn't find it anywhere. So we just kind of felt that we had to step up and wow. get people their sanitizer. Yeah. And now that awesome. it's been back and there's, it seems to be an abundance of it everywhere. Right? We just kind of, yeah, there is. So we just took a step back from it and just focus back on everything else that we do here. That's awesome. What's next for you and the distillery? Anything you can spill the beans on? I know you guys have a lot of, you know, you don't want to spill the major secrets, but anything you can share with us? This is kind of a big one. We're moving the distillery Ooh. from Souk to Langford. And we want to stay in Souk, but we haven't been able to find an appropriate space mm. or land for it. Mm-hmm. So we looked slightly outside of Souk. It's still quite close, probably. 10 or 15 minutes away from this location. But we will be moving there in 2022. Wow, that is That's big news. Be, yeah, it felt big when we were moving from Shirley to Souk. And it feels big also again when we're moving from Souk to Langford and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, so that's very exciting for us and hopefully very exciting for everyone else around us and with us and yeah. that supports us. Is it because you want a bigger space? Or just- yeah, we need a little bit more space because we need to grow. Awesome. Well, that's a yeah. good reason. That's an awesome reason. Yeah. Okay. So we're now at the time of our interview when we talk about a gincident. Right. Most of my guests have a really good gincident to share a fun story. So do you have a fun gincident story to share with us today? Yeah, I do. There are many incidents that happen around here, personally and with business. But one that really stands out is back to London at the World Gin Awards. We submitted our product for a competition in London. And it's shirts in the country first. So if you're the top ranking spirit in your country, you move on to the final section of the competition. So we heard back that we were number one in Canada and that we were heading to London for the final portion of the competition. And they emailed us and gave us a call and said, hey, are you going to come over for the gala? We were very busy with a lot of different things at that point. And we said, you know, like, we'd love to come. Thank you. But we have a lot of obligations here. And we talked amongst ourselves, Elaine and I, there's no way we would ever win anyway. So why would we go? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? Maybe you guys should think about coming. And we're like, oh, no, we just can't make it. And a colleague at the time said, hey, I'll go. I had wanted to catch up with some friends in London anyway, in the UK. So I'll go over to the gala. We're like, okay, great, great, fun. Yeah, here's our tickets and here's everything. Go for it. So I just kind of forgot about it. And the phone rang one day and it was... Terence in London at the competition. And I knew when Elaine was talking to him on the phone, what was happening, I could feel it. I was like, uh, and I just kind of ran away out into the back corner and she came out with her jaw drop. And I was like, this isn't happening. Is it, is this happening? And she's like, yes, we just won the best contemporary gin in the world at the London world gin awards. And I was just kind of stunned. I didn't even, I don't know. So (laughs) that was a pretty crazy moment and we were just like wow that happened and then after that when it was announced the phone was ringing off the hook for uh phone interviews 
uh, radio interviews. There was photographers showing up for magazines and newspapers. There was news trucks showing up. It was just kind of a wow. uh, crazy whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. It was so wild. You know, just reliving it right now, it just makes me feel so thankful. And, you know, one of the best things about it is that everyone that knew our gin, they really and supported us, whether it was stores or friends or people that buy our gin. They really felt like they were a part of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, yes, we did it. Like, we knew it now. The whole world knows it. And that was kind of one of the best parts is just feeling that and that support and love from everybody. That's awesome. And you didn't even go. (laughs) No, I didn't think so. I was laughing about it. I was like, oh, imagine if we won. Yeah, right. Like I was like, there's no way. I never thought we would ever, but it happened. It was a shocker. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to share today about anything really? Well, we just really look forward to expanding into different areas. And we are international now, but we're looking to grow in different areas in Europe, in the UK, and in the States. And yeah, we're very excited about it. We're very excited for everything that's coming up, including our whiskey and everything that we do. And yeah, it looks like another fun adventure or just an ongoing adventure, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. So you are currently exporting outside of Canada then? You've already got your export license for that? Yes. yes. That's right. To the UK. We're in France. We're in Paris and Bordeaux, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of different places across Canada, too, of course. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. That's fabulous. Well, that's how you grow, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, there you have it. Everything you wanted to know about Sheringham Distillery, all their yummy products, a little bit of their history, and of course, so much more. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thanks for all the awesome questions. And yeah, it's really great to be here. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to the Sheringham Distillery and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. And until next time, remember, a true friend reaches for your hand and puts a glass of gin in it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review, or drop us a note at heather at the We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin.